Cynic Empowerment. Welcome, everyone. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I'm Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Jimmy. Uh, so we have just recently found out that there may be a bit of a disagreement on this subject. So everyone bear in mind this is a historical subject. Uh, neither Jimmy nor I are professional historians. But we did so, watch the History Channel growing up, so that makes us experts. I did. Mainly just like the alien ones. Uh, <laughs> guy with the weird hair. Everybody knows the <laughs> meme. I'm sure you all are familiar with it. Uh, you know, aliens. Uh so yeah, that's about my experience with history. Uh, so anything that we say on this show, remember we are not experts. Nope. Uh, that's just gonna be like a general disclaimer for now on. Yeah, we should like change the name of the show. It's like idiots explain blank. Yes, and then <laughs> it's just us trying to explain these complex things. Not and it, yeah, idiots explain. Not necessarily that we're explaining idiots, but no. that we are in fact idiots. The perspective idiot oh, damn it trying to explain something this is always what i didn't want to be but you know what the harder you try not to be something right the, the more it just kind of slips into your life you know it's true so everybody keep that in mind what we are talking about today uh is a very sad topic this it's, is the it was supposed to be a sad topic it, well and I'm sure that we're still going to be able to find many things that are sad with it. <laughs> At least I, I was able to. This is the destruction of the Library of Alexandria. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, so, bum. Well, what did, uh, what did you initially find out? Why did you want to Why you want to talk about this subject, Jimmy? Okay. Uh, so I don't know how. I think, it's, I think it's just kind of a common – not like a common consensus that mm – -hmm. The Library of Alexandria was just like this nutshell of just like the most amazing, juiciest knowledge the world has ever seen. And when it was burned and destroyed, that humanity was just so, so profoundly changed by the loss <laughs> of its knowledge that uh -huh. we as a society could never, you know, compensate for all the knowledge lost. And and then I kind of, like, combined that idea. Like, these are – it's totally separate things. That, that The Library of Alexandria you know, burned way before the fall of the Roman Empire. But the fall yes. of the Roman Empire led into what some people referred to as the Dark Ages. And so it was just this combined idea in my head of like this, this mass loss of knowledge, right? That w what could have been if we could only have learned to get along and continue on this upward path of knowledge, all of which is a lie. <laughs> like so many other things in our lives. Uh, I, I guess the, the general reason why people <clears throat> could be saddened by this topic is because of the setback, because of the thousands of years of information uh, that could have influenced us in the more immediate past, but instead was lost, you know, to, to, to no end. Like why in the world would somebody destroy a library? Yeah. It's just informative. It's a, it's a good thing. It, it is Absolutely, 100% objectively a good thing. Why would anybody attack a library? Well, I tell you what, there are some reasons why 
there might have been some physical destruction to the Library of Alexandria in particular. But I think first we need to go back a little bit and we need to set the stage. Okay. So, so the Library of Alexandria, right? Uh, Alexandria, of course, uh, is in Egypt, one of the major port towns during the rule of Alexander the Great. Of course, it's named after him, right? Yep. Uh, and this this guy, in case you guys haven't heard of Alexander of Macedonia or Alexander the Great, as he's more commonly known, this guy was a badass. True. Uh, he led some of the most successful military campaigns of all time. Uh, in fact, there, at least for most historical sources, remained undefeated in his military career, which I hear is pretty hard. So kudos to Alexander the Great. Uh, not to mention, during his military conquests, he was able to stretch his empire over such a vast expanse of land that geography in the time period was able to experience a renaissance. Mm -hmm. uh, people saw the world in a different way. They were able to culminate the experience of different cultures and peoples uh, all across this empire, and that was ultimately consolidated within Alexandria. You know, the the uh, aforementioned town named after Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. uh, so because we have all of this information come into a single location, you have a lot of great minds, uh, a lot of people who are influencing this idea of a universal library. Uh, of course, prior to that, you did have libraries uh, and they were primarily for the the maintenance of one's own culture. So you would see, you know, say libraries in East Asia, uh, but for the most part, uh, they would, you know, they would adhere to certain laws and regulations of the area. They would have uh, certain religious backings. Uh, they would uh, basically cater to the people that funded them. Okay. That's, that's probably the best way to put Mo it. Monoculture. So, yeah, it was, it was monocultural. So the Library of Alexandria was one of the first examples of a universal and multicultural uh, academic center. Uh, the Library of Alexandria was uh, founded by uh, Ptolemy I, Soter, uh, which was one of Alexander's generals mm -hmm. uh, and later went on to actually – uh, preside over that area, uh, the Alexandrian and, and Egyptian area of um, Alexander's conquested area. Uh, but this particular guy was extremely intelligent, started out as a scribe, supposedly, in the royal court. So that's how they got to know each other. They grew up together. Uh, and this guy, uh, I mean, it, a very prolific figure. It, look up Go look him up if you're more interested in Ptolemy the, the first of Soter, but he's one of the key figures as to why we had the, the Library of Alexandria in the first place. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the Library of Alexandria was uh, a, a royal library of sorts. Uh, you had a collection of several different buildings uh, that composed uh, this thing called the museum, which some historians claim is where we get the word museum. Uh, the Royal Library is the Library of Alexandria. Those terms seem to be interchangeable uh, and is also dedicated uh, to the Muses, uh, which – you know anything about the Muses, Jimmy? I'm sure you might have uh, heard a little, a little bit of something about them in, in our uh, – <laughs> 
in our academic learnings. Right. So muses were yeah. these artsy fartsy people. Yep. That <laughs> would do artsy fartsy things. That's right. They did artsy fartsy things. So this was a, in dedication to the muses. Uh, this this. Uh, I think the museum as a whole was was dedicated to them. Weren't they just not... a choir? Weren't the muses just a choir? They would, they would do like the group speaking parts and stuff? Well, more importantly than that, the muses were, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, the uh, narrators of the story, right? Ah. They would they would be kind of like this third-party omniscient character that would be able to fill the audience in of things that weren't directly mentioned within the play, like you know things like backstory. It makes a lot of sense because the the muses were they were knowledgeable, you know they 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 knew things that the characters did not. Yeah, it, it was dedication to them, very important indeed. So they they dedicated the 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 museum to these muses, and then over time, sorry, I was just trying to recap and. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Hold on, I got a I got a lot of notes here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going hard in the paint. You. You have... well, we got to know, you know, we got to know the the story is prior because uh, a lot of our listeners have probably heard of the Library of Alexandria, but just the sheer scope and importance of the library sets us up for knowing just how much of a loss it ultimately was whenever it fell by the wayside and you know, burned and all these terrible things that happened to the area over the, the following centuries. Uh, so a lot of historians claim that the Library of Alexandria uh, popped up around 300 to 275 BCE. Okay, uh, so the destruction of the library didn't happen until 48 BCE, uh, and that's usually uh, it, 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 some historians believe that it was Julius Caesar that actually burned down a large portion of the Library of Alexandria. Interesting. Uh, what, what did you find in in terms of what would, what the library actually contained? Well. Oh, of what it actually contained? Yeah, uh, like stuff. It, it contained so much stuff. So part of, okay, so one thing that I did hear prior to this that was actually true is that the ruling class of whoever was the proprietor of the library once it had been constructed, they realized that knowledge was power. They realized that knowledge is basically one of the most important tools you can use to progress a society and and just just knew that it was a great and amazing thing. So what they would do is like, let's say some boat came over from China or, or wherever. It was mandatory by law that they had to fork over all yep. of their books. And <laughs> then scribes would rewrite it all as quickly as they could onto papyrus scrolls. And then they would put that in the library and then give them their books back. So well, they, it was just they, a huge mass collection of any and all knowledge. What, what I heard uh, was that they actually kept the originals oh. and they gave them copies back. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's not so bad. That's, uh, that's fucked it, up. If you have the copy... You keep yeah. you keep the copy. You don't you don't take the original and be like, all right, here you go, kid. I wrote it on some bar napkins. It's like, dude, that was like a triple binded book. We haven't even invented those yet. It's super nice. <laughs> and then they're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. You get to keep the napkin. So, in defense, uh, let's imagine that you have a perfect technocratic society, or at least one that is going to be focused on the idea of knowledge, academics, 
philosophical learning, and ultimately the, the progress of all of these great things. Wouldn't you want the originals to be in the hands of the people that would be able to use them most effectively? We're going down a dark road, Tim. I don't know if we want to open up that can of worms. You don't think Who so? gets to decide who's government. the most effective in this society? Who, you know... What's that? Who gets to decide who's the most effective hands to like be in charge of which knowledge, right? Of like who's who's the most qualified? Well, it's it's kind of difficult. Uh, in the instance that you are the the biggest, most powerful bully on the block, although I don't I don't necessarily think that the that the Alexandrians were bullies. I mean, they they seemed like academics for the most part. Yeah. Uh, although it you know it was a very important. Uh, military tactical location because it was one of the largest port towns, right? And hence, one of the reasons why they demanded these scrolls to begin with because so many people were passing through the area to trade and, and mm -hmm. do what have you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't... Uh, it's difficult to say. Yeah, uh, You would hope that these academic peoples would also be um, compassionate towards... I don't know, this kind of egalitarian approach. But like you said before, they, they were aristocratic for the most part. Mm -hmm. So they probably didn't care too much for what the layman had to say about their books. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, they're just like the Borg. They just want to take everyone's yeah. knowledge and consolidate it within themselves. That's right. And then they're, they're going to be the even more smarter than... The people who are, are trying to just hold on to their keepsake books. Like, my grandmother gave me this very important scroll. Like, who cares? We have this library. Shut up. It's mine now. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you the one that reads all the scrolls? No. I, no? That's I, I, me. I wonder, like, since it, they, they give the impression that they, like, would copy any and all books, like, I wonder, like, how many, like, smut books... They were just like copywriting, like why the like the scribe that has to rewrite it. It's like why the fuck are we why are we putting this in the library? This is this is absolute smut garbage. Why do I have to rewrite all of this? Do we really need to collect this knowledge? Is this important? <laughs> of course it is. I, I, can, I can imagine like a, a couple of these scholars are like, hey, 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 Jimicus, hey, Jimicus, look at this. <laughs> yes, Jimicus. Like, little picture. Yeah, hey, Jimicus. Uh, I drew a picture of, of some boobies. Check it out. It's like, uh, it's like, this uh, is great. It, I copied the scroll. This is my job. I have the best job in the world. It's <laughs> job world. I draw boobies. I draw, I draw boobies all day. Yeah, there was like a booby scribe. Or a booby scribe. Like, hey, yeah, his, his job is for all, all the illustrations. He has to recreate them. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. But Good for him. I'm envious. So... Right. So there's this huge vastness of knowledge. Um... And did you okay? Do you want to do any more of like setting the stage? Because uh, setting I, the stage. Well, I tell you what, I'll I'll set more of the stage whenever we begin to discuss the destruction. Well, that's what I want to go to. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, how about you? You tell me what you found, and if I have anything of the contrary, I'll mention. Okay. It. <laughs> so like, okay. So basically, while you are like actually looking at historical precedents and the significances and whatever. Unfortunately for me, when I was just like Google searching like what I wanted Google to tell me, which usually works, right? Like even if you like believe something that's like wrong and stupid, like you can usually Google search it 
and then it'll <laughs> just feed the knowledge you want to hear right back to you. <laughs> and I wasn't able to recreate that. Like everything I was searching and wanting to be told, I had like these historians pushing up their glasses and telling me I'm wrong. Yep. And so like specifically, so I mean, there were great works. So examples of things that we don't have that were in the library were things such as a hero of Alexandria who uh, was this really smart individual who invented steam engines and wind turbines what? and hydrostatic fountains and stuff like that. And I think invented and maybe as loosely, like maybe he like understood the technology to use it. I don't think it was implemented, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't actually use these technologies for like a thousand years later. Um, what do you think that guy looked like? Hero of Alexandria, what, the, what he looked like? Yeah, who, 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 what did he? What was he like? What was he like? See, I don't, I don't know the the significance of what he was like. I just know that the that he had this book that was supposedly in the uh, library of Alexandria, and so it's a loss for us as humanity, quote unquote, uh, for not I having. It. Bad. I think he was a stinky guy. You think he was yeah. sneaky? It's you know what? I think he was. I think he was stinky, and I think oh, he looked stinky. I think he looked dumb. Yeah, and I think Why? everybody just kind of chastised him, like, "Oh, look at the nerd! Oh, he's doing studying. Oh, he created a steam engine. Ooh, Ooh look at me! Yeah. yeah. So he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I am going to write down my name here as the hero of Alexandria, and for generations no. after. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think that's his name is Hero, and at the time, wherever you are from, you are just of that place. So, oh, okay. Yeah, his name is Hero, <laughs> and he's from Alexandria. He's not—he's not the hero of Alexandria. The hero. <laughs> no, he's just Hero, and he happens to be from Alexandria. Like, I don't. Maybe Hero was a common. I mean, I mean Nero was a name. I think they just did Hero a lot. They were just like, oh, what are we gonna name our kid? Uh, Tiro, Firo. I don't know. Miro, whatever sounds good. I don't. I don't know if it's Tiro. Tiro. Yeah. How oh. is it? Is it spelled like uh like the wonderful Grecian sandwich? Which one? The hero. Oh, the, the hero. Oh, hero no. Yeah. No, it's H E R O. It's literally spelled like you would think of as hero. Okay, so a different kind of sandwich. I got you. Fuck you. So many sandwiches. <laughs> uh, so so there is that guy, and then there was also this person, um, Aristarchus of Samos, um. And this individual knew that we lived in a uh, heliocentric uh, system, that the Earth nice. orbited around the sun. Cool. And so that was very cool and ahead of, it, uh, ahead of their time. And then this other individual that I think is significant, uh, Barosis of Babylonica. Babylon, it's like Babylon, but then Aka at the end, or Ica. Anyways, so this individual created a a three series volumes of a history of the world, and the first volume described all the events of the world up until the Great Flood, and they estimated this time was four hundred and thirty-two thousand years long, which is significant for the time because this was. Because uh, in the Old Testament, it's estimated that that was like only a 4,000-year-long period. So while it's 
uh, not necessarily uh, a true aging of the earth. The fact that this individual estimated that it was so long is significant just because like 400,000 years to the mind of someone at this time is just like so inconceivably long. And so it's just impressive that they were like, be like, yeah, it's like probably this old. Um, take that, you fundamentalist Christians listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, take <laughs> that. Gotcha. Uh, but also, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, we appreciate your presence here. <laughs> and so, okay, so that's that's the significance of like just examples of great, phenomenal yeah. things that were in the library. But then I also learned that some scholars uh, say that this library was also copied and like the works within it were in other libraries and yes. that the, the a lot of the works were saved and moved to other libraries and so that it may not have been as much of a loss as i thought and i have no fucking reason to be sad because they just moved the books elsewhere oh wait well let's let's not count our chickens before they hatch jimmy we'll i'm counting there. them they're counted we'll, we'll, i'm dumb okay you count them when we get there you're gonna be extra sad Okay. okay. So let's let's go into the events leading to the destruction. Okay. Uh, so as we've already mentioned, there's a possibility that the Library of Alexandria or the Royal Library as part of the museum wasn't destroyed in the dramatic fashion that a lot of people like to tout. So right. Yeah. Uh, but that being said. Uh, let's let's look at some of the military conquests of Julius Caesar because he's the person who is charged with being responsible for the fire to begin with. So uh, what, what about Egypt in particular uh, and Alexandria, that particular port? A very wealthy area and in fact one of the largest grain producers, which is why Rome was spotting it uh, for being uh, an area with which they could feed uh, a lot of their populace. Mm -hmm. So – they march on into Egypt, right? Uh, and they find out that because of the area, it's able to be held by an extraordinarily small military populace okay. uh, or, you know, like able to be occupied by a small military force. So they go in and they start to take over, right? Uh, but uh, what's happening around this same period of time? There is a civil war that's occurring in Rome. Uh, there is uh, this guy named Pompey the Great, mm -hmm. uh, who was actually the former son-in-law of Caesar, who ended up siding with a conservative political faction in the Roman army, uh, which led to this, this very important civil war. Uh, he was associated uh, – or excuse me. Um, so what, what ultimately happened to cause this conflict uh, – Ptolemy uh, Soter was thinking that – or not Ptolemy Soter, excuse me. The son of Ptolemy, which is Ptolemy III, mm -hmm. uh, ended up being uh, – what, what's what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, he took initiative. Uh, <laughs> he, took he took initiative in a very, in a very brash way. He okay. decided that it would be a great idea to assassinate this guy. Uh, now, even though he is causing a civil war in Rome, he is still the son-in-law of Julius Caesar, and Julius Caesar still very much loves the guy, or mm -hmm. at least as we're going to find out a little bit later. So he assassinates him, mm -hmm. kills the guy, thinking that it's going to please Julius Caesar and end up uh, garnering some type of political relationship between the two. But yeah. instead, it just incites more, more war. Mm -hmm. So they want to drive into Alexandria that much more and take it over that much more. So this led to the Battle of the Nile. 
which could have been one of the events in which uh, Julius Caesar's occupation of Alexandria led to the fire. Uh, and you guys can look that up in more detail and fact check me all day. We sincerely would appreciate that. Like in previous episodes we have mentioned before, please, 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 please contact us with your concerns, your comments, your corrections. One of these days we are going to be doing an episode on all the things that we got wrong, which I'm sure – Call us out on our shit is what we're trying to tell you. Yes, absolutely. Call us out on our shit. I'm sure I'm just like – I'm rattling off bullshit right now. So please let us know where we're wrong. Uh, So – 48 BC, that is when the fire supposedly occurred. Mm-hmm. So Caesar is occupying the city. Uh, he has his men set fire to Egyptian ships. Now, all of you might know out there that wood is extremely flammable and that fire, in fact, spreads. So he sets fire to the Egyptian ships uh, that are preventing him from you know, fully encompassing the area and those, those ships start to burn his ships, and his ships start to burn the harbor. Uh, now, this is where it kind of gets a little bit iffy. Uh, the fire may have spread to the Library of Alexandria, but in all likelihood probably spread to warehouses and storehouses that were on the, the port itself okay. that were holding copies of a lot of the documents of the Library of Alexandria. It's possible that a portion of the library was destroyed, but it's unlikely that all of it was destroyed, and especially in a spectacular fashion as that. There would have been no reason to march in and be like, hmm, let's let's scope it out, look at all these buildings. Oh, yeah, the Royal Library, burn that one. Like, <laughs> I, no, it's, it's purely by accident that it would have happened even if it did, and this is pure speculation. Like, it, it probably did not happen that way. But that doesn't necessarily mean that all of the documents were safe for many years to come after, which is where we get into the real sad part. So, of course, uh, we we still have a portion of the library standing, at least potentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, But after this fact is where we see a significant decline in the library because you have uh, a lot of folks who are historians of Rome. Uh, and I'll, I'll read a couple off to you to you right now. Are you aware of Seneca? Have you heard of this guy? Yep. I have yep. no idea what he did, but I've heard of it. Oh, he's a very important guy. Uh, anybody who is interested in philosophy, go check out Stoicism. Oh, oh wait. Is this where cynicism comes from and where we get our name ultimately it, well, it's, from? It's one of the branches off. Yeah, but Seneca, uh, in addition to being a very prolific philosopher, was also a historian. Um, as a, a lot of these guys were back in the day, uh, the people who were learned just just pushed on. They learned everything. Uh, they were they had their hands in all kinds of junk. Uh, so Seneca, in particular, uh, uh, in quoting the History of Rome, which was uh, written around sixty three to fourteen, uh, or it, it was written between 63 BCE and 14 Common Era, uh, said that there was a destruction of somewhere around 40,000 scrolls uh, and ultimately demarcating exactly how much damage was dealt to the Library of Alexandria or the storehouses therein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got a guy named Plutarch, which died around 120 CE. So you see we're, we're kind of progressing a little bit farther away from that primary truth. Mm-hmm. It mentions yes. that the fire destroyed uh, the fire destroyed only part of the library, and then Dio Cassius, uh, which was 
circa 165 to 235. That's so far uh, away. Yeah, and here's ultimately where we think that uh, the warehouse was destroyed in particular. Uh, so that's where I'm getting some of my some of my source material from. Uh, in terms of all of these historical contradictions, I think most historians agree that the agree that the Library of Alexandria was not fully destroyed in 48 BCE. Yeah. So, uh, you know, debunked, <laughs> uh, or at least that's the general consensus. Uh, for those of you who do want to look into this subject. Uh, in a much more detailed way than what we are presenting here, check out The Vanished Library by Luciano Confara. Uh, that's going to give you a, a little bit more of a modern-day approach uh, as to what actually happened, and that's where a lot of these sources are actually coming out of. So check that guy out in The, the Vanished Library by Luciano Confara. Uh, he says that uh, a lot of rank ancient writers seem to agree that the fire destroyed a storehouse, uh, on the port rather than the library itself. Uh, and from the writings of the historian Strabo in 20 BCE, part of the royal palace uh, was destroyed in the fire as well. So uh, if the library is part of the museum, uh, Strabo felt no need to explicitly mention it separately. Yeah. All right. So a lot of what we know about the destruction of, of the Library of Alexandria, the Royal Library, or even the, the Serapeum, uh, is riddled with misconceptions. Uh, but what we do in fact know is about a guy named Theodosius I. So Theodosius I uh, was one of the rulers of Rome and lived from 347... Uh, you know, 17-ish uh, to 395 in the Common Era. Okay, he was the last emperor to rule both halves of the Roman Empire. So definitely a prolific figure. He took a lot of the understandings from Constantine in regards to religious tolerance uh, and okay. is ultimately charged with the destruction of the Serapeum, which was one of the daughter institutions of the Library of Alexandria, the Royal Library. So... This guy is a piece of shit, uh, absolutely terrible guy. Uh, so what he did, uh, he made the uh, he, he made Nicene Christianity the official official state church of the Roman Empire. Uh, he okay. did so by heavily persecuting uh, all other Hellenistic religions. Um, he uh, in 381 Common Era he began a campaign against. Uh, pretty much everything pagan. Uh, he's responsible for the destruction of the Temple of Apollo at Delphi as well, uh, and a good many other terrible things. I've got, I've got a list. I got a full page of nasty shit. This guy did. of just fucked up shit. He just did fucked up shit. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so let's see, let's see, let's see. So let's let's talk about a few things that he banned. Have you ever heard of uh, Aruspixi? Or Haruspixi? I think it's Haruspixi. Uh, uh, I have not, at least not in the way that you're pronouncing it. <laughs> there, well, so it is the it's the use of uh, so someone who practices Haruspixi is a aerospex, and they will take the intestines of poultry or uh, you know young mammals, and they'll spread them out in order to determine the future. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Pretty, I've heard pretty of that. important in, in some Hellenistic religions. So he banned that. Yeah. You know, probably for good reason, but he banned it with the stipulation that 
you would experience the pain of death if you did, in fact, practice. No, no, no. I'm not trying to tell the future. I'm just trying to make giblets over yeah. here. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fry these suckers up and we're going to eat them later. <laughs> I swear to God. Just like, hi, 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 hi. Nope, just cooking. Yeah. Just making a meal. You think they have like aerospixy police that would like perform witch hunts? I think they probably have like the equivalent of like uh, uh, corporate office workers snitching on each other. I've been like, Oh, yeah. So and so, he he was playing with the guts a little bit too long before he cooked them. He's having a little and too then, much fun. He was like whispering to him and stuff. Listen to himself, and then that, and then it's just like a chain of like people of like the telephone game until someone's like throw that man into a fire. Yeah. Oh, he, he killed him in a bunch of different ways. But what's the funnest way they killed people? Uh, the, the most fun way? <laughs> yeah. That's an odd way to, to describe this. <laughs> the, the, the most, you know, fun, like to get the most screams out. Oh. Like what's the, the most fun? Oh, geez. Uh, well, let's, uh, ice cream for ice cream, you know, ice cream for ice cream. Um, well, uh, let's see if they have like the stereotypical crushing. I think that would be pretty fun. Crushing. Yeah. You never heard of somebody get, like, get death by crushing. It's like drop a rock on them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Theodosis, uh, ban on sacrifice. I think there's a specific kind of pornography also called that. Of crushing? Yeah. I don't want to talk about well, it. Well, you brought it up. I don't want to talk I about it. I want to talk about it now. I think, like, I don't know why I have this information in my head, but I think there's, like, a disgusting, like, niche of pornography where it's just like women in stilettos just like stomping on baby chickens and stuff like that like don't don't quote me on that mm. stomping on baby chickens and I, and I think it's like might be referred to as crushing I don't know why do, why do I have this information in my brain Tim I think I've heard of that before too it's pretty fucked up uh, okay so uh, I don't know uh, I guess he just like he performed executions in mass um, which isn't necessarily dramatic or interesting. Well, so not a firing squad because they didn't have guns. So it's just like, did he just like line everyone like up on their knees and then just like do like a drive-by of a sword, just like chopping off everyone's head yeah, what, as he's like galloping past. Like this is a mass execution. What's the most appropriate is, way for a Christian to kill somebody, you know? This is how we do it. Yeah. Drive-by sword swinging. Hmm. Well, I mean, like if you didn't want to have that much effort involved, like just let the horse do the work, right? Yes, run them, run this. Yeah, lay them down and yeah, run, run just, them. Just yeah, just trample them. Crush. Uh, speaking of office workers tattletaling on each other, though, a lot of these government officials that were working alongside him at this time uh, were still uh, still believed in some of the merits of paganism. So he actually had to construct new laws in order to punish those guys who wouldn't enforce the crackdowns. Oh, uh, they would just like show up, be like, "All right, so uh, Pagan McGee, I'm putting you as my head officer <laughs> of Pagan punishment, and you're gonna go out there and find them, and you're gonna punish them." And then Pagan McGee rolls up, like, "Hey guys, um, I know what you're doing. I I see the guts. Yeah, the guts. They're, they're all over the place. You're you're not making giblets. You're not. This isn't. It's, you're not cooking them." Uh, this is this is a verbal warning. <laughs> I'm I'm supposed to mass murder you all right now. As you can see, I have my mass murdering sword. <laughs> uh, 
in my sheaf, but I'm going to leave it there. Uh, clean this up, and I expect you to be, uh, you know, animal intestine free by tomorrow. Yep, that's right. No, no animal intestines anywhere to be found. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, he 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 punished the people who didn't crack down. Uh, he declares Hellenistic holidays become work days. No. What, what a fun. It's all. Hey, uh, hey, you you like you like uh, you like the fire day where we celebrate fire fuck you you're going to work now please don't make me go to work you're going to work i want you to associate paganism with pain we're gonna actually we're doing a rebranding campaign right now we're calling it painism yeah (laughs) oh geez uh no blood sacrifice you couldn't have blood sacrifice which i guess goes in with the aerospace thing uh, he closed a bunch of temples, confiscated all their goodies. You know, the temples had endowments. He took those away. Uh, he disbanded the Vestal Virgins. They're the best. What do they do? The Vestal Virgins, they they keep the sacred fire. And they kept the sacred fire for around 900 years. It was a fire that never went out, right? Wow. Very, very important but- uh, to some sect of Hellenistic religion. <laughs> I don't want to be a dick. Yes. Right. Yes. But I don't believe that the fire didn't go out for 900 years. I'm sure that like one guy, it was like his first day or one woman, if they're the whatever virgins was like, it was like her first day on the job, yep. making sure the fire doesn't go out. Mm-hmm. No one else is there, but her, right? She's like the only one in charge. Mm-hmm. And making sure the fire doesn't go out. You know, maybe she had a little too much wine. Maybe she had a late <laughs> long day to die before. And like, she falls asleep. And then she wakes up, and the fire's out. You're not going to fucking tattletale on yourself. This fire's yeah. been told to you to have been going on for the last 700 years. You can't just fucking, like, own up to that shit. You, what do you do? You make that fire get back to going. Yep. And then when the next person comes to take over your ship, like, yep, fire was fine. Nothing happened. Uh, Nothing. Not, just a normal shift. Could you imagine, like, the, the period of absolute panic as soon as, like, you, you, like, you like, wake up and you find that it's gone out? Like... Like, oh, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah, and not only just like, oh, yeah, my, my boss is going to be mad, but also like, oh, the gods are going to be mad at me. Like, they're, I, I let their all-important flame go out, and now we can never have communion with them again or something terrible like that. I don't know. Yeah. They curse us for the rest of our life. In fact, I believe somebody's going to come marching through that door right away and just fucking disband us, which is exactly yeah. what happened. I got disbanded. <laughs> He refused to restore the altar of victory as requested by non-Christian senators to the Senate House. And that's that's pretty important. That's how you win. You know, you have the altar of victory in your state house. And if it's not there, you lose. It's pretty Guess that makes basic sense. math, right? Just, yeah, one plus one. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, so he, in, in particular, uh, he hated uh, – there was a, a, a group of – there's a group of, of certain Christians in particular that he absolutely despised. Uh, let's see, what were their what were their names? Uh, it was an East Asian religion uh, called Manichaeans, uh, and they believe in kind of like this, uh, it, it, like somewhat confused with Buddhism in a lot of ways. Like there's this this natural balance to the world in which you have good and evil, or you know a light and a dark side, and they coincide with one okay. another. 
Uh, it's actually very interesting. I would encourage you to look that up. But uh, right around 382, he murdered a crap ton of them. Uh, there was a bunch of Why? there was a bunch of monks because it was popular because it was vying for the uh, the uh, religious affections of the Roman populace. So he got to stamp them out. You know, it's a lot more fun than Christianity. Uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like any any religion that has like any type of shamanism is automatically a lot more interesting. Not that men cheating necessarily does, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so absolutely hated him. Uh, and he probably disbanded the Olympic Games in 393 because that's when that's when our history of the Olympic Games kind of falls off. What a piece of He's shit. A piece of- this guy just seems like such a ball-crushing, just like no-fun Nancy. Yeah. Like, what a dick. Yeah. Like, all right, so all those holidays you had... Fuck your holidays. Hey, you know that game we did where we all got together and we celebrated our athleticism? Fuck that, too. Yeah. Oh, you want to do some other religions that, like, may or may not be more fun than my religion? Fuck that. You're murdered. No playing with guts. <laughs> no eternal fire. No no altar of victory winningness. Just yep. fuck everything. Fuck. Uh, he died from edema. 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 That's the name of it. I hope, hope it was painful. Oh, it is in, excruciatingly painful and gross. Everybody go look up pictures. It's like this got this weird thing like where your fluid like builds up on your, your skin and you can like yeah. press your skin in and it like stays pressed in. Sweet. Yeah. Really painful and gross. So ha. Good. He deserved Good. it. Yeah, has it major dick Boom. hole. Boom. He's a dick hole. Yeah. Uh so yeah, this to suffice it to say, because of dicks like this, because of the erring away from uh, the importance of multiculturalism and uh, universal library ideologies, we see a shift away from academics. Um, so I think that that is the true thing to be sad about here. Not necessarily that the Library of Alexandria in particular uh, as an actual place was destroyed by a fire, but that we see a gradual decline People are just not as interested in sharing knowledge and making sure that it's culminated in a single area. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, something to be sad about for sure. Uh, or even if they are interested, dick holes like whatever his face was. I've already forgotten his name because I'm a horrible listener. <laughs> make it life more miserable for oh. everyone. And maybe they're like, oh, I can't collect this knowledge because I might get my... Yeah. Face Theodosius the first. Theodosius the first. Thank mm. you. Asshole. What a jerk face. What a jerk face. Uh, yeah, this is is pretty sad indeed. Do you think that any of this is still going on today? Uh, I mean, not necessarily like anti-intellectualism. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, why do you think? Are why do I think that? Because I guess for some reason, even though I try to like type things into Google to tell me that the <laughs> loss of the Library of Alexandria was the worst thing ever and I couldn't get that, other people can, you know, type in random bullshit like uh, global warming isn't real, vaccines are bad, GMOs give you cancer, and for whatever reason, Google will feed these people the knowledge that they want right back to them 
the reinforcer ideals, even though it might be like some really crappy, shady website or whatever that is just like covered in ads. It's like, it's like three quarters ads. There's yep. all the whole entire right part of the screen is ads, left part of the screen is ads, yep. the headers ads, the footers ads, but there's a little like quote and it'll be like, global warming doesn't exist. And then they're like, aha, I knew it. <laughs> um, yeah, the confirmation bias is a pretty yeah. dangerous thing. It is. And it's just, I don't know, somehow, I don't know how, but like, it just seems that even scientific knowledge, where we are right now, at least in the United States of America, has become politicized. Like, like things like a global warming, like people that don't believe in it, don't see it as a scientific issue. They see it as a political issue. I've had people that I know that don't believe in global warming or the greenhouse effect and stuff like that, that won't want to engage with me in it as a topic because they don't want to get political because that's the way they see it. They don't see it. They don't even see it as a scientific thing that we can look at scientifically. They see it as a political thing. Well, uh, yeah. And that's certainly a problem because there's no basis for, for research or methodology. How in the world are you supposed to know whether or not uh, something is or is not a science or something is or is not empirically accurate without numbers and evidence to back it up. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It, this is the anti-intellectual anti intellect. I can't fucking talk. I'm a fucking anti-intellectual. You're a charlatan, Ant Jimmy. Uh, a fucking charlatan. It, I don't know. It. We can like see it in the just in the way of uh, the current administration, like cutting back funding for the sciences and stuff like that, and yep. different things. It's just uh, you know space programs. Uh, space programs um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, cease and desist. Uh, obviously, EPA and that kind of thing. <laughs> right, you know, fuck yeah, coal coal executives for EPA and just it's just yeah, it. We're living in the times of theodosis. Or, well, kind of. <laughs> kind of. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not people getting crushed by rocks and mass murderings and whatever. And, you know, this administration won't last forever. Uh, you know, it's not like some emperor, god king thing that's just going to be there until they die. Well, these don't uh, last forever. So, you know, these, these, what's that? even these guys don't last forever. I mean, it might be like you know, several decades or several hundred years during right. a particular reign, but that dies out too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying that, like, uh, just because we're wherever we're headed currently doesn't mean we're headed down that road. Yeah. Forever. Um, yeah. Like, uh, take, for example, the, the general distrust of science or the goodness of the world as a whole, even. Like, I mean, we can, we can, we could blow it up completely. There are a large amount of the populace that are very affluent, very well-to-do individuals that think we are worse off today than we have been in the past. You know, you know the whole the whole slogan of the Trump campaign, for example, like "Make America Great Again." Okay, when was it better? Like, or when were things better in the past? You know, like when we were more right. uh, traditionally oriented around Christian beliefs. Like, what? What? what, what why yeah. is that a better time? I, well, when you live in a country that 70% of people claim is Christian, you know, maybe yeah. that's like their totem pole for marking whether or not 
things are good, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to so. I don't want to turn this into a witch hunt, similar to what Theodosius did to the uh, Hellenistic religions. Uh, but by the same token, like there's got to be a cutoff point for this sort of thing. Like you 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 can have a discourse for so long. Up until the point that people are like, oh, well, that science is not actually a science because I believe it to yeah. be the case. Well, what I think this is this is this is my my opinion and this isn't going to actually happen, but I think it'd be just and fair. I think everyone that like is anti-vaccine and everyone that is like doesn't believe in climate change uh, just because they're they're skeptical of science and all this bullshit like that. Those assholes need to take their fucking smartphones and put them in a fucking blender and just live like the Luddites that they are. You don't get the benefit from the sciencey McScience invention things you like and then get to like make other science knowledge like your political little game yep. and just like deny it. it it's not not cool taking the good Fuck without the you. bad exactly it's just like it's come on man we have to be responsible individuals and with this wealth of knowledge that we have in the modern day and the the wealth of the knowledge that we've been able to recover after it's been destroyed you know several yeah. times over it, it can't be stopped ultimately we will get to a point where we know things yep. despite all of the people that are trying their damnedest to make sure that their own beliefs are upheld over what is actually true. Yeah, I think that future people, like, you know how we, like, look back and we, like, laugh at, like, the people are like, huh, huh, ancient people thought that yeah. the Earth was the center of the universe. Yeah. Huh, what idiots. People are going to look on today, they're like, what the fuck? There were climate change deniers? Like, that wasn't common knowledge? Like, what the fuck? Like, how did people who were so dumb... That they thought this way. Like, that's how they're going to look on us. Yep. As, like, these fucking idiots that couldn't pull our heads out of our asses. Yeah, and because of the way humans are, I don't think that we're ever going to have a populace that fully lives their life outside of their own ass. It's yeah. it's just not going to happen. There's always going to be idiots. You just have to make sure that you don't allow those idiots to lead your society. <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> that's, it. that's it that's all you have to it's do it's easy right well, it's easy it's so easy you just, you don't don't underestimate how powerful idiots are in large numbers oh yeah because they'll they'll change stuff might not be for the better but they'll they'll make progress in one way or another <laughs> yeah oh my god Ugh. Man, I feel like this is an so like going into this this episode, I I was sad by my my miss no because I'm the one that suggested this episode to Tim. I was like, Tim, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about how sad it is that the Library of Alexandria was destroyed and all the knowledge and <laughs> and then I find out that like oh well actually it probably wasn't that bad and they moved the books to other places and yeah yeah uh, but like now like <laughs> just like talking about uh, Theodosius the first third first, whatever and what which he's one first he's the first one first Theodosius first and his uh. I don't know, and and just the parallels to some of the things that he did in modern anti-intellectualism. Like now, I'm now I'm good and sad, so it's good. Yeah. Um, right. Well, now that we're good and sad, mm -hmm. 
which is uh, what I'm going to ask you first, Tim. What, what's the silver lining? You can't ask me first, Buck. What's the silver lining? The, okay, the silver lining of what in particular? The the destruction of of information, the destruction of the Library of Alexandria. Like, what, what do you think? Uh, what? I guess we can answer that however the, we want. It's it's our podcast, yeah. so screw you guys. It's, or listen out oh, there. They're like, answer it this way. It's like, no, nah, it's our question. We're going to answer it the way we our, want. Our, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So silver lining. Um, well, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like like many other terrible things that have happened in history, you know, there are some side effects, you know, from, I don't know, the, the – you know the the reign of of Theodosius the first, for example, I and mean, he was a, a patron of the arts to a certain degree, right? So he he right. takes a, an obelisk that was originally moved from some other place to Alexandria, and it has like a big crack in it, but he makes sure that it's upheld. And it's actually there's that obelisk that I'm actually referring to, blah 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 blah, uh, is the one that's currently located in the Hippodrome. So that's there okay. because of Theodosius the first. <laughs> so if you want to look at it that way that's a silver lining for you um that there's a fucking rock that people can look it's, at it's the big penis shaped rock yeah that that's your silver lining there's a big penis shaped it's, rock somewhere this is hard jimmy it's hard <laughs> this is really hard to come up with a silver lining for uh so Goodness. i don't think that they're oh god i don't know maybe it maybe it's a test like just like uh in our previous episode the silver lining is that we have to struggle and try hard. We can't just rely on the information that is passed down to us from those extremely intelligent individuals before us. We have to work hard and we have to recognize that we as human beings must strive to succeed intellectually. Something like that. Sounds good. I like that. Um, I'll riff off that and also add that uh what's great about the past is it is the past and we can learn from mm -hmm. it and so uh right. we can we can see the the negative ripple effects of these authoritarian dickholes as i'll refer to them as yep. And we can uh, recognize uh, the the patterns and and the negativity and the badness and use that as like uh, a staple example of what we don't want to be or become. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, and to to riff on that even more so. <laughs> Let's riff on the yeah, riff. Yeah, the the information that we have, good or bad, is going to be able to influence further outcomes. Even if there are people out there that are trying to distract us from what the truth is, eventually, over a long enough period of time, the truth will surface. That's yeah. So it that is that is undeniable. Like uh, that's the great thing about science the great thing <laughs> about science is like okay so the people always will do this this fucking thing where they'll be like well there's times where scientists were wrong and then we believed wrong things for a long time and while that's true but most of the cases where where the science was wrong no one actually went back and tested the claims of the individuals it's usually mm -hmm. poorly done studies where one individual does it and they don't have good uh uh variables or whatever of uh subject groups that they're studying on and they they perform poor science 
but then no one redoes the science on their science, you know, test it yeah. out until much later. And they realize like, oh, this guy's fucking dumb and wrong. Like he just did that <laughs> science. But the, that's what's great about science, though, is that you can go back and retest it. So if one dude, you know, goes and does something and it's wrong, someone else can go like, OK, that's how you did it. Let me try to recreate that. And if they can recreate it, it's like, OK, good. This is this is good. This is right. And if you can't recreate it, be like, OK, this is bad science. And so, yeah. the, like you said, the truth's going to win out. We can we can go and test and retest and try and see and study. And ultimately, we'll get a consensus of whether or not the thing is right or wrong. Absolutely. And, and although history and science, I mean, they, they, they play into one another. It is, this topic is not necessarily scientific in nature. It's very difficult to determine, even with all the information that we have, whether or not our assumptions uh, about these, these ancient cultures and traditions are actually correct. But something very important to note here that you, Jimmy, are doing very rightly. You found that you were wrong. Originally, I you thought that there was a, 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 a fire that destroyed the Library of Alexandria. And as we yep. learned that that might not in fact been the case, it changes our opinions. We're able to admit, look, this wasn't how I thought it was. And now my opinion has changed. We've progressed, yep. you know, and that's, that's, that's the important I think that's the important part of, of science. You know, like, of course, you're not going to have the whole picture at first. Of course, you're not going to have it right. It's those instances where you allow the empirical evidence and in some instances, you know, the historical precedents to be able to influence your further decisions. Or what you can do is you can take your wrong notions and then when someone presents you with uh, counter counter evidence that proves you wrong, you can buckle down on your beliefs uh, dig a trench, yeah. uh, bury yourself in it, it, and then die a bitter, wrong asshole. Yes, that's right. Uh, you, you'll that's die that's from, the other uh, option of what you can do. You'll die from edema, actually, like yeah. like Theodosius the first. It's a direct cause of edema is being that Yeah, guy. being an asshole. If you're an asshole for long – oh, I'm sorry. To everyone out there that has edema, I am so sorry. That is not something I'm, you should yeah, have ever not, said. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That That's probably <laughs> – Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, fucked up. <laughs> no. You you probably don't deserve it. This was an isolated so incident. Good. I didn't even think about that. Oh god. Well, if it's any if it's any solace to all you people out there that have edema, uh, Theodosius the first was an asshole, and he's experiencing that pain, uh, or he had experienced that pain and died in a terrible way that only people like you understand. So. Do you think that would like really like make someone with edema feel any better? I don't think that would make me feel well, any better. Well, like if I had a terrible illness, I wouldn't wish it on anybody else unless I knew they were an absolute asshole. And in that case, that's fair. I have that information to go off of. Why not? That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, Jimmy, is uh, is there anything that's making you sad? Okay. So. For the first time ever, I went to so they're like for Louisville. We got like. Uh, uh, I would say a decent number of like speakeasy like yep. um, bars or well, I don't like bars or whatever you want to call them. And I went to my first one last night because um, it, was, it was conveniently close to where I was. And so it was the first one I ever went to. And I got to say, I was pretty disappointed. Aww. So this is a paint the picture for you. So the first part, it was cool, is that you walked through, is inside this fancy hotel we got downtown. And you walk through this this 
portrait painting. I'm like, oh, this is interesting to like go to like this room or whatever where the I'm going to use air quotes speakeasy was. And then you see this ne neon light uh, sign that says, shh, right? They give you the idea of like, okay, yeah, we're going to be quiet. Uh -huh. It's like a speakeasy, like it's going to be quiet. Yeah. Get into the speakeasy, not quiet. Lots of people talking really loud. And the thing that like blew my fucking mind that I'm like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Who thought this was a good idea? Is that they had two bowling lanes inside the speakeasy. Jeez. So you, so it's like, the fuck? Like, we're, to, we're going to, like, if this is, like, supposed to be a speakeasy, like, at any moment, the feds could come in here and send us all to jail for the rest of the life. And we're going to play fucking bowling and have, kabunk, you know, bowling noises <laughs> while we're hanging out. I don't know. It was just weird. I was disappointed. The drinks were really expensive. And so, um... That's another side thing. Really expensive drinks. Uh, that makes me sad. Uh, and so I guess that's what I'm sad about. It's just who, who the fuck's idea was it to put a goddamn bowling alley inside of a, a, a air quote speakeasy? Like I just, yeah. I just don't. Care. I, I don't think the architect was thinking all the way through there. No. Or or whoever was building it. I mean, maybe uh, maybe the guy who was ordering the speakeasy be built, discussing with the architect, like uh, so. Uh, I think I want some bowling lanes. It's like you are you sure? It's it's supposed to be pretty quiet in here. You, you you want people playing bowling? I mean, it's one of the loudest games you can play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, of course. I mean, unless it's like trying to be like some cover of like, hey, is that a speakeasy? No, it's a bowling alley. Like they're trying to like do like the flip and reverse of like it's so loud and obvious. Like, oh, they couldn't be drinking later. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what they're going for. <laughs> but I don't know. Why not just put the speakeasy on a corner, you know, like corner of a busy street and you're just handing out beers. Yeah, like with a bunch of windows mm -hmm. and it's just like you can look inside. There's obviously a bar. There's obviously liquor behind the thing. Like, is that? No, but there's a bowling alley. It's a bowling alley inside. <laughs> oh, it's a bowling yeah. alley. I see. Oh, they, they, they got bowling lanes at the bowling alley. They're not doing any drinking in there. How can you how can oh, yeah. you bowl and drink? <laughs> yeah. How could you possibly yeah. do those two things at the same you time. You gotta bend, and it's like, you know, you can't hold a glass in your hand and bowl at the same time. Oh, it's God. impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> um God damn it. Yeah. That's so that's it. It's just it's just minor irritations. Nothing nothing big. How, how about you, Tim? Yeah. Something to be sad about, man. Uh no, I'm doing all right. Doing pretty good. Right. Uh, not even like any like minor grudges like something that's just like so petty you have no business being mad about it but you are uh let's see um so i'm uh, well I'm, I'm i'm trying to get into a new sport and uh it's really expensive so that's a very first world problem uh, i want to engage in this expensive hobby yep. but it costs lots of money and i don't have to do it and all my needs are met yep. but i gotta save up to do this that's right and i'm also sore from my workout because i had time to do that oh yep. so that is fucking petty. first world problems all day that's oh, great sore from my workout which these problems actually make me happier than they make me upset so that's that's a good thing silver yeah, lining's left good. and right silver lining's left yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's great all right well i think that's about it yeah, that sounds. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, uh, so, where can they find us, Jimmy? 
Ah, very good. Ah, and I have announcements. I'm so glad you brought this up. I'll say goodbye to everybody. So, uh, I'll do an announcement first. So, we now officially have a Stitcher. So, if you are an individual that's like, I don't want to waste my delicious data streaming this on uh, SoundCloud while I'm at work. I'd much rather download it via Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi. And uh, then have it all ready to go at work so I don't have to use my delicious data. You can listen to us on Stitcher. And obviously, Cynic Empowerment, same thing. Just search us on there. And we have our uh, first uh, every episode since episode 7 on there. Just because uh, Tim and I, this thing's been growing uh, exponentially in quality and stuff like that. We just want to highlight our best stuff. And so you can look at us on Stitcher. And if you want to listen to the older episodes, you can still find them on SoundCloud. And speaking of SoundCloud, well, you're already listening to it there. So but, uh, if you want to email us, you, if you want to email us, you can email us at cynicempowermentgmail.com. If you want to tell us we suck, please do it there. If you want to tell us we're great, do it there. We're working on a listener response episode. We just need a few more submissions from you guys. So... Mm-hmm. Make sure to let us know. Write us a fucking book, and we'll talk about it. Um, we'll give you the and then the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Got a Facebook, Cynic Empowerment. Uh, make sure to like us there if you want to know when our episodes release. Yep, absolutely. And thank you for those of you that have already liked us on Facebook. We see you. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today. This is uh, this has been a fun one. Yes. So everybody, keep your head up, and we'll catch you next time. Get you next time, everybody.